0: Hebrews chapter 9 and verse number 27 teaches us that as a point man wants to live or wants to die, and after that, the judgment. What we learn from that verse is that everyone is eventually going to die. It's a sad fact of reality that we live in this old world, we die, and then we're going to spend eternity in one of two places, either with God in heaven or with the devil in hell. And it depends upon what we live like in this world, of what we will be able to live and spend eternity in the next world. In Second Corinthians chapter five, verse number ten, it teaches us that we are all going to appear before the judgment seat of Christ. Each one of us are going to stand before God and give an account for the, the deeds that we have done on this side of eternity, on this side of on earth. And each each one of us are going to have to get, stand before the judge of heaven. The books are going to be open, Revelation chapter 22. And that books that are going to be open, one of them being the book of life and making sure our name is written in that book of life. But the other book that is going to be open is the Bible. The ju- It is going to judge us in the last days, John chapter 12 and verse number 48. And the question this morning I want to ask you are, are you ready? Now many times we've seen that song, are you ready for the judgment day? Are you ready... For a day, There's a sad day coming. There's a glad day coming. There's a day that is coming in which we're going to have to stand before the Lord. And the question is, are you ready? Go with me to Revelation chapter 14 and verse number 13. Because I want us to look at this verse as a springboard for our lesson. To see this point of, there's a good way to die and there's a bad way to die. You know, you might be thinking of people that have done a lot of good on this earth. But they were not Christians. You know what? That's a bad way to die. You might have looked at people that are good Christian people. That have fought a good fight. That have finished their course. That have kept the faith. And they died a good way. Because they died in the Lord. And they have all the spiritual blessings that are in Christ Jesus. That we'll be talking about this morning. But looking at Revelation 14 and verse 13. Here John in his revelation says, then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, right, blessed are the dead. And I want you to circle this phrase because we're going to see this phrase over and over again throughout our study, in the Lord. Okay, circle the word blessed because that's that's the title of our lesson this morning. Blessed are of being, blessings or blessed are those that are in Christ. Blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. Yes, says the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and the works that follow them. There is a good way to die. And that good way of dying is being in the Lord. Having all the spiritual blessings because we are blessed if we are in Christ Jesus. And there's a bad way to die and that is outside of Christ. That is being outside of the body of Christ. And that is important that we are in Christ. Being a part of in Christ, this phrase that we're looking at, means number one, that we are part of His body. Ephesians 1, 22 and 23. He is the head of the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that fills all in all. You go to Ephesians 5 and verse number 23. It says that He is the Savior of the body, which means what? He is the Savior of the church. So if we are in Christ, that means we are a part of His one blood ball institution, Acts 20 and verse number 28. And we are a part of His body. That also means we are a part of His kingdom. Colossians 1, 13 through 18 teaches us that he has translated us and he has moved or the idea is conveyed means we are outside of Christ and moved us into Christ and, and we, and in the verse teaches us that we are a part of his kingdom if we have done that. He has conveyed or moved us into his kingdom. So if we are in Christ, we are a part of his body, that is the church. We are a part of the kingdom, which is also the church, Matthew 20, uh, Matthew 16, 18 through 19. And this also means we are a part of his family. So when we talk about the phrase, are you in Christ, we can look at it in many different ways. Are you a part of the church of Christ? Are you a part of the kingdom of Christ? Are you a part of the family of God? All these meaning synonymous things. But the question is, where are you at this morning? There is a a story I heard once, and I believe it can be backed up with historical facts about an island. And the na- name of this island is, it's actually in Greek, so I'm going to do the best to pronounce this, Mark, Markadas. Okay, Markadas. And the name, of, the reason that this island was named Makadas is because it literally translated blessed. Now upon this island in which you lived upon, if you lived on the island that means blessed, you didn't need to leave that island for anything. It was self-sufficient. It had everything that you possibly needed, everything that you possibly wanted, everything that you desired was upon that island. There was no reason ever to leave that island once you arrived. It was self-sufficient. It was everything that you could imagine needing and wanting. You know, here in Chattanooga area, we have a lot of imports and we have a lot of exports. Why? Because we are not self-sufficient. We have to maybe... Go across town to get this, or we have to have it shipped in. Why? Because we can't grow the fruits and vegetables that we need in this area. We gotta get them from other regions of the world. But upon this island that is blessed, Mercatus, you know what that means? You have everything you need. You don't have to go anywhere else. If you are in Christ, you are a blessed creature, Revelation fourteen and verse thirteen. There is no reason to ever leave once you are in Christ. And so this morning what I want to talk about is all these blessings that. That can be found in Christ Jesus. Go with me to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 5. Ephesians chapter 1. And we're going to look at this first spiritual blessing. And that is children of God. Look at Ephesians chapter 1. Actually, let's go ahead and just begin with verse number 3. Okay, Here, here he says, blessed. That's our word, makados. He says, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Who has blessed us. Again, the word Makatis. With every spiritual blessings in heavenly places, circle this phrase if you write in your Bibles, in Christ. Because that's that's the title of our lesson this morning, blessings that are in Christ. Here we see that all spiritual blessings can be found in Christ. If you want a spiritual blessing outside of Christ, you're not going to find it, because all spiritual blessings are in one location, and that is in Christ. Look at verse 4. Just as He had chose us from the found, uh, before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy without blame for in, uh, before Him in love. Now look at verse 5. This is our first spiritual blessing. Having predestined us to the adoptions as the sons of Jesus Christ to Himself according to the good pleasure of His will. The first spiritual blessing we see here that is in Christ Jesus is that you are a child of God. Remember, God wanted a family. God always wanted a family, and so He established the church to be His family. And remember, if you are a part of His church, you are a part of His family, and that therefore you are a child of God. So the question this morning is, are you a child of God? Are you a children of God? Can you be called a son of God? Because if you cannot be called a son of God, that means you are outside of Christ. You are not a part of the family of God. And you do not have those blessings. Secondly, this morning, we're going to go through these pretty quickly. Looking at verse number 7 of Ephesians chapter 1. Here's your phrase again. Circle it. In Him. Who are we talking about? We're talking about Christ. The whole text is talking about Jesus. Talking about the Messiah. is talking about Christ. In Him, we have number 2. Redemption. Redemption. The idea of redemption is to buy back. You know, many times you might see a coupon at the store, and on that coupon it says, redeem your purchase by such and such day. Right? There's an expiration to that coupon. And what do you have to do? You have to go to the store, you have to give them that coupon, and you can redeem your purchase. That is to buy back. There's a story about a, a little boy who was out on the little uh, lake, little area in which, a little creek uh, that uh, ran into the uh, pond there and he's playing in the creek and he has this little sailboat. And on this little sailboat he would let it go out a little ways and he'd pull it in. He'd let that little sailboat go out and he'd pull it back in. And all of a sudden a little, uh, wind came, a little, uh, sh- strong stream of water came down that, that little river and guess what happened? It broke that line and his sailboat went down the river and he never saw it again. Little boy's so upset. He was so, he was so heartbroken because he had lost his favorite toy. And he, one day he was walking to school and he walking by the store. And he walks by a storefront and in that storefront they had all these little antiques, these little toys. And he's walking by and he catches something out of the corner of his eye and he looks and he sees that sailboat. He says, that's mine. That's my sailboat. He runs in the store and he says, sir, 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 that's my sailboat. That's my sailboat. You've got to give it back to me. I lost it. It's mine. It's mine. And the store clerk says, sir, sir, son, you're going to have to pay for it. You're going to, have to, you're going to have to pay for this sailboat to get it back. He says, how much do you want? He said, 50 cents. Little boy ran home as quick as he could, broken up in his piggy bank, grabbed 50 cents, went back down the store, gave him 50 cents. He says, I want my sailboat. He said, sir, give me 50 cents. Gave him 50 cents, gave him the sailboat. And he walked out of that store with his sailboat in his arms and he said this, I, bought, I made you, I bought you twice your mind, twice mine. And that's the story of redemption. Jesus, God, created us in His own image. Genesis chapter 1 and verse number 26. He died for us. We left His sight and He bought us back. We are twice His. And that is the story of redemption. He has bought us back from sin and we are a part of His body. But no, He doesn't end here. Look at the neck Continuing in verse 7. In Him we have number one, redemption through the blood. But secondly, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace. Friends, if you want your sins forgiven, you cannot do it anywhere else but except in Christ Jesus, right? If you want your sins forgiven, if you want to have your sins blotted out, you want to have your sins cleansed, you can't do it anywhere else. You can't find it anywhere else except within Christ Jesus, right? Go down a few more verses Ephesians 1 and verse number 10, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times that He might gather in all things in Christ, there's your phrase, circle it, which are both in heaven and, and which are on the earth in Him. Circle it. Again, here we see what we have an inheritance. We have an inheritance. Actually, that's verse 11. That's a typo. In Him we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who have called all things according to the counsel of of his will. So what do we have? We have an inheritance. You know, God has, Jesus has left this earth. He ascended back into heaven after his resurrection for what purpose? To go prepare a place for us. John 14 verses 1 through 4. And since he is going to prepare a place for us, you know what that place is going to be? It's going to be our inheritance. You know, many times when uh, people die, they leave their possessions. To their family members, right? And they inherit those things. They are passed on. And they uh, bless them with those physical things. But if you want to be a child of God. And you want the inheritance of heaven. You want to receive heaven. So, Paul saying wrote a book. Someone died and left you in an inheritance. You know what that means? Jesus died. He is going to prepare our inheritance. But the only way you're going to get that inheritance. Is if you are in Christ Jesus. You can't, you can't be on the fringe. You can't be just outside the gates. You gotta be in this circle. You gotta be in Christ Jesus. Right? Go with me to the book of 2 Timothy. Let's notice a few more from this book. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We're gonna look at verse 1 and then we're gonna look at verse number 2. All right? Look at 2 Timothy 2 and verse number 1. It says, Therefore my son be strong in the grace. Notice this. That is in Christ Jesus, underline the word grace, circle the word in Christ. Why? Because that is where grace is found. You're not going to find grace anywhere else except in Christ Jesus. You're not going to find grace in Muhammad. You're not going to find grace in anywhere else except Jesus Christ. Grace has been defined as God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace has been defined as unmerited favor. It is giving you something you do not deserve. You know where you're going to find those things? Only in Christ Jesus. It's the only place that you will find those things. Go down to verse number 10. Therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake, for the sake of the elect, that they may also obtain the salvation Underline the word salvation. Then notice this phrase, circlet, which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. What do we see here in this phrase? What do we see here in this verse that we can find in Christ Jesus? It is salvation. You know, we read the book of Acts. We see that there's salvation not in any other name except what? The name of Jesus. Where's the only place that salvation can be found? The only place salvation can be found it's if you are inside the circle, if you are inside Christ Jesus. we got to be in Christ. we got to be a part of His body because He is the Savior of the body. Ephesians 5 and verse number 23. We have to be in Christ. Alright, go over to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 19. 2 Corinthians 5 and verse number 19. <clears throat> Notice what he says here. That... That is, God who was in Christ Jesus, circle it, in Christ, reconciling the world to Himself, not imbuting their trespasses to them, and has committed to, to us the word of reconciliation. What blessing, according to Second Corinthians 5 and verse 19, do we see that is in Christ? It is reconciliation. The idea of reconciliation is the idea of bringing together two things that are apart. You know, you might have two co-workers that are they're just angry at each other. They, they, they cannot get along. And what do you do? You reconcile the situation. You bring them together. You fix the problems. You put them together. If you want an illustration, a biblical illustration of the idea of reconciliation, go to 1 Corinthians chapter 7. There is the idea of reconciliation between marriage. You have a, a husband and a wife that are not getting along. They're having marital problems. They separate. And what's the idea? They reconcile. They bring that marriage back together. They fix their problems. They they get it together and they reconcile their marriage. They put it back together. You know what sin does? Sin separates us from God, Isaiah 59, verses 1 and 2. But Jesus, because He died on the cross for our sins, because He shed His blood that we can have the forgiveness of sin, because He is the one that died and bridged the gap, He reconciled us back to God. If you look at your Back to the Bible lessons in lesson number three, that's the first verse you look at. Isaiah 59 verses 1 and 2. Bold, the Lord's hand is not shortened that He cannot save, nor His ear heavy that He cannot hear, but your sins have separated you between you and your God that He that he has hid, that he has hid His face from you. And, the, and there's a picture there in that booklet. You have God on this ledge. You have us, sin, or excuse me, you have God, you have us, and in the middle is sin. But you know what? There is a bridge that puts us together. You know what that bridge is called? It's called Jesus. And that's what reconciles us together between God. But you can't find reconciliation anywhere else except for one location. And what's that one location? In Christ. I hope you see this, and I hope you're circling this in your Bible, underlining the, the, the thing that is in Christ and circling the phrase in Christ because that's what we're seeing over and over and over again. Romans chapter 8. This is uh, one that probably most of you uh, maybe can quote. One that uh, we look at quite a bit. Romans 8 and verse number 1. It says, now there, is, there is now therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ, those who walk according to the flesh, but those that walk... According to the Spirit. Friends, where is there no condemnation? Where is there no destruction? Where is there no departing? That is in Christ Jesus. You know what's outside of Christ? Condemnation. Destruction. Damnation. All those things that we read in the Bible. Separation. The second death. But if you are in Christ. If you are within His body if you are a part of His family, guess what? There's no condemnation. You are a part of safety. You are a part of security. There is no destruction that comes from being in Christ Jesus eternally. And then the last one I want to look at this morning is 1 Corinthians 15 and verse number 19. 1 Corinthians 15, the great resurrection chapter, beginning in verse number 19, He says, If this is the life, only we have hope. There's your, there's your one we're looking for, hope. But where is hope found? In Christ. We are all men, all pitiful. Friends, where is hope found? It is only found in Christ Jesus. Friends, if you are outside the circle, you know what you have? You have false hope. You have a false security, right? You know, the Bible teaches us a lot about hope. Hope is the anchor that secures things. Hebrews 6 and verse 19. But friends, if you are outside of Christ and you have not been moved or conveyed into Christ, you know what you have? You have a false sense of security. You have a false hope. Only true hope, only true happiness can be found in Christ Jesus. Now we've noticed all of these passages. We've noticed all of the all of nine. There, there's a whole lot more. I just picked nine of my favorites. that are all these spiritual blessings that are in Christ. We could go through a whole lot more. But the question this this morning is, how do I get into Christ? Austin, I see all these spiritual blessings. Yes, I want salvation. Yes, I want grace. I want the forgiveness of sins. I want redemption. I want reconciliation. I want want to be a part of His family. But how do I get in Christ? You might be thinking, where am I at right now? Am I in Christ? Or am I outside of Christ? I want you to ask this simple question. What did you do to be saved? Because remember, salvation, if we go back here, salvation is the point in which we become a part of Christ. We are in Christ. So the question now is, how did you, how were you saved? How, how did you, what steps of obedience did you do? What act of obedience did you do to be saved? Because it, whatever act of obedience you did, that moved you from outside of Christ where you were lost, to inside of Christ where you can be saved. So the question is, what did you do? Now, I'm I'm going to assume most of you did very similar to I did. But I'm going going to assume maybe you didn't. And I'm just going to say maybe for perhaps that you maybe said a prayer. Maybe you accepted Jesus into your heart. Maybe maybe you said, you know, I went down to the altar and I, I repeated the prayer after the preacher and I accepted Jesus into my heart and I confessed that Jesus was Lord. Maybe you did that. I want us to look at one passage, and and we could look at a whole more, whole lot more, but I'm not going to because I want to focus more on what we need to do, not what we don't need to do. But go with me to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. And let's look at verses 9 and 10. Okay, because remember, the question is, what did you do to be saved? What did you do become a part of His body to be in Christ? I want you to notice there is a difference between the word unto and into. That's what we're going to notice here for Romans 10, verses 9 and 10. There is a difference between the word unto and into. Okay, Look at Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. He says that if you confess with your mouth that the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that he has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Okay, That is an essential step of salvation. You have to believe, you have to confess. We understand that. But look at verse 10. For with the heart one believes, and circle this little word. Unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Now, there's a difference between unto and into. If I said I am unto the door, what does that mean? I am going in the direction of the door. Am I at the door? Am I in the doorway? No. I am unto it. I'm going in the direction. There is a new translation of the Bible called the LSV, the Legacy Standard Bible, and a lot of preachers have used it for study. It's a pretty reliable translation of the Bible. And they translate this verse, Romans 10 and verse 10, this. For with the heart one believes in the direction of salvation, and with the mouth confession is made in the direction of salvation. So the word unto can be translated what? In the direction of now, if, if, if I'm in the direction of something, does that mean I have arrived? No. That means I'm going in the right direction, I'm heading the right way, but I have not fully arrived. Friends, if you had just believed and you had just confessed, and that is it, you are at, still outside of Christ, but you are in the right direction of how to get into Christ. Remember, there is a big difference between the word what? Unto and into. Okay? I want us to look at three passages that use the word into instead of unto. Three passages. There are only three passages in your Bible that I have been able to find that takes one from outside of Christ to inside of Christ. Three passages. Let's look at them. Number one, 1 Corinthians 12 and verse number 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and look at verse number 13. Let's notice here what this text says. Right. It says this, For by one Spirit we are all baptized, no circle of the word, into one body. Whether you be Jew or Greek, whether you be slaves or free, you have been made to drink into one Spirit. What is the action that takes one from outside of Christ to into Christ? Baptism. Circle that word into and underline the word baptism if you write in your Bibles. For all may have been baptized into the one body. And the one body being the church, Ephesians 1, and 23. So how do I become a member of the church? It's the same way they did on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2. Those that, those that glad received receive their word were baptized. And 3,000 souls were added to the church. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 47. So, how do I go from outside the body of Christ, outside the church, to inside the church, which is where the saved are? You are baptized into, not unto, but into Christ. That's the first passage. The second passage being Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Romans 6, verses 1 through 4. Notice how he starts out here. What shall we say then? Shall we say, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Absolutely not. God forbid. For he who should die of the sin shall live any longer. Now notice verses three and verse number four. Or do you not know that as many of us that were baptized encircle this word, not unto, into Christ Jesus, were baptized and circle it again into his death. Therefore we are buried with him uh, through baptism into death. Even uh, just as Christ was raised from the dead. By the glory of the Father. Even so we should walk in newness of life. Three times. In these two verses. Verse 3 and verse number 4. We see the word into. Not unto. But into. And what's the same action we saw? Unto gets you in the direction of. Into gets you in the circle. What made them into Christ? Baptism. Baptism is the point in which you... Go from outside of Christ to inside of Christ. So this is a point in which you obey the gospel. Second Thessalonians chapter 1 verses 7 through 9 says that there will be utter destruction in those that do not know God and do not obey the blessed gospel of Jesus Christ. You go to 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4. We see moreover brethren that I declare declared unto you the gospel that Jesus died on the cross, that he was buried in the tomb and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. You know what this teaches us here? That's how I obey the gospel. That is how I reenact the gospel. I die to self, I'm buried in the water, gave a baptism, and I raised up to walk a new life because I am a new creature in Christ. 1 Corinthians 5 and verse number 7. Well, let's notice this last verse. Let's see, if it, let's see if there's a pattern here, right? I mean, we've noticed two passages. We've seen the word into and we've seen the word baptism. Let's notice the third one. Galatians chapter 3. In verse number 26 and verse 27. Notice what it says here. For we are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. Circle that phrase, in Christ Jesus. Underline the word sons, right? What's one of the blessings of being in Christ? Being a child of God. That was our first point. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 5. Also Galatians 3 and verse number 26. But notice how we become a son of God. Verse 27. For as many of you that were baptized not unto Christ, but into Christ, have put on Christ. Again, what's the action that one goes from outside of Christ to inside of Christ? Belief and confession get you going in the right direction, but it does not let you enter into Christ. Baptism is the point which you go from outside of Christ to inside of Christ. The question this morning is are you in Christ? Or do you have all spiritual blessings? You might be thinking, Austin, uh, you know, I've I've been baptized, but I don't think it was for salvation. You know, one of the questions, and back to the Bible, that I I love so much is if you received salvation before baptism, could you have been baptized to be saved? No. If If you were taught you had remissions of sins before you were baptized. Could you have been baptized to have your sins forgiven? No. Friends, you got to do it like the Bible says. You go through Acts chapter 18. You see some there that were baptized in the name of John because Apollos was teaching them that. Aquila and Priscilla heard him preaching that, pulled him aside and taught him the way of God more accurately. And then Paul came to the upper region of Ephesus and he came to some disciples that... Uh, He asked him, have you received the Holy Spirit? And he said, we have not even heard if there is a Holy Spirit. he says, then unto what were you baptized? He said, into John's baptism. he corrected them and he baptized them again. Why? What do we learn from Acts 18 and 19? You can't be taught wrong and baptized right. You can't be taught salvation is in Christ through believing or confessing. And then be baptized later. Friends, all spiritual blessings are in Christ. You gotta be baptized to receive those spiritual blessings. And that is the point at which you are entering into Christ and receive those spiritual blessings. But once you're in Christ, you gotta stay in Christ, right? You can't just say, you know, well, I'm in Christ, I've been baptized, but you gotta be faithful to Him and serving Him and doing whatever your talents are, using them to the best of your ability, because we have to endure to the end. Revelation two and verse number ten. So the question this morning is where are you at? Are you in Christ? Have you done the things the Bible says to receive these spiritual blessings there in the name of Christ? If not, why not? Don't, don't delay any further because you need to receive salvation. Salvation is found in Christ Jesus and you receive that blessing when you're baptized in Him. You go through the book of Acts. See what they did to be saved. Compare it to your story. See how they became a member of the church. See how they, they received salvation, how they had their sins forgiven. And that's only through baptism every single time. Are you a Christian this morning? If not, why not? Maybe you're here this morning. You've fallen away from Christ. You're outside of Christ. You know what blessing you have by being in Christ—the forgiveness of sins. First John one, seven through nine. And we will pray with you and for you, and your sins can be forgiven of you if you are a child of God, and you can be restored back into Christ. If we can help you anyway. Come now, as together we stand and as we sing. Come with back.